states are putting in new COVID restrictions ahead of Thanksgiving. The Crown's fourth season has graced Netflix and we can't stop watching it. And we're joined by Atlanta Dream Guard Renee Montgomery to talk about Kelly Loeffler and the Vote Warnock Initiative from the WNBA. The date, November 16th, 2020. The time, News O'Clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Casey, guess what I did this weekend? Oh my gosh, what did you do this weekend? That's not way more sinister, and it's not. I, know. <laughs> I watched all of Queen's Gambit after we talked about oh it. Oh my week. god, That was yes. the fun fact, is that when we were talking about it, I had never seen it and um, with Elamine, and I was like, mm, Casey, do all the questions, because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, quickly, give me, give me a ranking of your top three characters. I need to know who you like the most. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. That's it. That's all for me. It's all <laughs> Jolene. It's everything. I am personally going to fundraise to make her own show called Jolene. Jolene's Gambit. Like, that's it. She should. She is such a good actor. I want to hear about her life. She, <laughs> I want to like, see it. Because, like, she... I actually, I don't know if people have watched, I'm not going to spoil anything, but when I say that her life is complicated and so out of the box for a woman living in late 1960s America, I just, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. That's all I got to say. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, it is time for today's top stories. What have you got going on for a sec? All right. So as President Donald Trump refused to concede, thousands of people descended on Washington, D.C. for the Million MAGA March on Saturday. This is what it sounded like when the president passed by in his motorcade. Saturday night, things turned violent. According to D.C. police, at least 21 people were arrested and one man was stabbed during the protest. And of course, there was a tweet about it from Trump, because there's always a tweet. Trump stated, quote, Antifa scum ran for the hills today when they tried attacking the people at the Trump rally because those people aggressively fought back. Antifa waited until tonight when 99% were gone to attack innocent MAGA people. D.C. police, get going. Do your job and don't hold back. Meanwhile, some states are rolling out new restrictions as coronavirus cases continue to skyrocket. Here's Oregon Governor Kate Brown explaining what the state's two-week freeze will look like. The two-week freeze includes limiting restaurants to takeout only, limiting retail, grocery stores, and pharmacies to 75% capacity, and strongly encouraging curbside pickup. Closing gyms and fitness organizations as well as venues that host either indoor or outdoor events. Limiting churches and other faith-based venues to a maximum of 25 people indoors or 50 outdoors. And requiring remote work, if at all possible, for all businesses across the entire state. Oregon and New Mexico have some of the strictest measures in place, while North Dakota, which didn't have a lockdown of any kind during the first wave, now has a mask mandate and is limiting indoor restaurant capacity to 50%. These restrictions come as scientists worry that large family gatherings over the Thanksgiving holiday could become super spreader events. A new poll from Ohio State University says that 38% of Americans say they are likely to participate in gatherings of more than 10 family members this holiday season. And a third would not ask others to wear masks at holiday gatherings. 
And finally, some actual good news. Moderna's COVID vaccine proved to be almost 95% effective in its phase three clinical trials. Here's Dr. Leanna Wynn telling CNN what that can mean for all of us. This is amazing news. I mean, this is the news that we have been waiting to hear all these months. And I think it's incredibly promising. We do need more data to come in to see if it holds over tens of thousands of people. But if it continues to hold up, this will be among the most effective vaccines and really the best that we could have hoped for. Now, of course, there are still many challenges involved in manufacturing, distributing millions of doses of this vaccine or hundreds of millions of doses of this vaccine. But I think this is a another call to action to all of us that help is on the way, that there is hope on the horizon, but we have to make it through this winter. Remember, last week, Pfizer's stage three vaccine proved to be 90% effective, but that information came from a press release. This information about Moderna is from the Data Safety and Monitoring Board, which is overseeing Moderna's trials. If all goes well and Moderna's vaccine gets approved, healthcare providers, the elderly, and those with immunosuppression could get doses as early as late December. So very soon, Casey, very, very soon. Oh, you know, I'm cautiously excited. I mean, I think it is just like this mental thing, like whether or not it's rolled out, say, next summer, it's nice to kind of like have that date and to kind of be like, okay, I can do this. I can be safe and protect others and myself for a little while longer, you know, which, you know, as we're talking about Thanksgiving, I mean, it is, it is scary. I'm hearing about a lot of people who are traveling and going to be having like big gatherings. And that's scary. I'm hearing the same thing. And I've been having, you know, tough conversations with my family who I do want to see. I haven't seen most all of them for a long, long time. And we're all canceling and deciding not to, because, you know, what is what people should take away from this news about the vaccines coming is that if you just hold on tight, if you just, you know, distance, keep safe, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like this is coming next year. We will have it. So I know in March, you know, I was in New York. I know what it was like to go through a lockdown and there'd be no end in sight. And it was really hopeless. But I think people should feel hopeful, even though cases are really spiking and it's really terrible. And you've got to take it seriously and it's going to be worth it if you do. Just think about how great the next holiday season could be. I mean, everyone's just going to go full on. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a bottle of wine. That's it. Just like, <laughs> going to be full wine. <laughs> so, well, until then, until then. <laughs> All right. So, Casey, get us up to speed on everything we need to know in the pop culture universe. Well, there was really only one thing to watch this weekend. I mean, that's not true, but for today, it's true. And that was season four of The Crown. There are two performances people are highlighting in it. First is Emma Corinne, who is just spot on as Princess Diana. The second is Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. Anderson says she worked with two vocal coaches to perfect Thatcher's accent. I mean, it is really good. Practicing for hours on end alone in dark rooms, she put herself inside the divisive leader's mind. Mindset. And I think she nailed it so much so, Zach. I want to play a game with oh, you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love when I say I want to play games with you? <laughs> I, yes, you and all the men in my life. I love. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to play you three sound bites, and I want you to tell me if it's Margaret Thatcher or Gillian Anderson. Okay, okay, I got it. I am not so much interested in a nuclear free world, I don't think it's attainable. But I am interested in a war-free world, particularly a war-free Europe, where the last two world wars have started. That's Thatcher. That is. You're correct. It yes. is Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> You're so proud. I'm so proud of myself because it was it was very like fifty fifty for me on that. I know. One. I kept I kept like hearing like inflections where I was like, wait, 
That sounds like Jillian, and I know the answer. <laughs> I'm go- at the end of this. I'm going to tell you how I'm doing this in my head Ooh, to make the choices. Okay, so, okay, right. okay. Second one. I do exercise the right to choose how I spend my money. Some would spend it on other things. Some would spend it on alcohol. Some spend it on cigarettes. Some would spend it on on gambling. Some would spend it on many, many other things. That's also Thatcher. You're correct. <laughs> okay. 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 Final one. No, certainly not. Well, not just because there aren't any suitable candidates, but I have found women in general tend not to be suited to high office. <laughs> Look at your that face, is, you already that know. That is Jillian. That is so <laughs> Jillian Anderson. <laughs> and the reason why I know this yes. is because I watched the whole series. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, okay. I support that. I have a pretty good memory, you know, working in media and we do shows like this where we have to talk to actors about it. Like I can, like, I have a pretty good memory of remembering people's lines and Margaret Thatcher does not talk about nuclear warfare in the crown this season yet. So. <laughs> this season. But seriously, that's talk that good job, Jillian. Okay. I'm glad oh. we gave a lot of space to Jillian um, as Margaret Thatcher because just watch it. Incredible. Groundbreaking. She's getting the Emmy, but let's talk about Miss Corinne. Lady Di, it is her twin. She is her. They are the same person. And I also love, did you know, maybe I've just like, you know, because my mom loves Princess Diana and I grew up like seeing so many photos of her and stuff like that. I, every time I see a sweater or an outfit that was pulled straight from the headlines, I was like, oh, oh, the costume designer. Good one. Good one. I mean, they like did great jobs with everything. Hair, makeup, costumes. So good. She, what I loved about Princess Diana is that she was the queen of a flowy blouse and a high-waisted pant and, like, looking longingly out into the distance. And there are so many scenes of, like, her in the palace just looking, snatched waist, beautiful satin blouse. Like, yeah. I, I love, and I do cannot you, wait to see more and more of these outfits. Next do you season. know what I was about to say, though? I was like, and she really captured, you know, like, the youth of her. And then I was like, which makes sense. She was 18. She was a child. Uh- <laughs> and this, again, I think you and I have talked about this, is that now as adults watching things about teenage people, people who were older than us when we were younger mm-hmm. is weird now mm-hmm. that I'm older because I'm like, wait, she was 18 when she married Charles. That is really weird. Like, I am not, I'm so far from Or she was 20, now. but met, 20, yes. like, at 17, they met 18. 18 yeah. Yes, because they, they met when she was um, high school. Like, yeah, yeah, high school. Yeah. Yeah, and when her sister was, like, loosely connected to him, which, talk about sister drama. My God. Her sister's passive aggression on that phone call. <laughs> when y'all watch it, it's it's beautiful. I would do the same thing. I would try to compromise my sister, Marika Prince, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. We all know Claudia Conway by now. You know, she's Kellyanne Conway's six-year-old daughter, known for her TikToks, trolling her mom, and criticizing the president. Okay, well, now she's in the limelight for a very different reason. She's apparently auditioning for American Idol. She posted this on TikTok yesterday. Hey guys, I'm here at American Idol Confessional. Um, I met Ryan Seacrest today and I have my audition soon. So stay tuned for that. Very, very nervous, but very excited. In it, she does appear to be standing on an American Idol interview set. The show is currently holding a talent search with a new season set to debut next year. And if you're wondering if Conway can actually sing, she has posted clips of herself on TikTok. Take me to church, like Why is it so fast? 
you know, good for her. <laughs> I, Casey. Mm, <laughs> so you can see my face during this. I was not excited. And usually I get really excited about Claudia Conway when uh, we talk about her in media because she is kind of um, explosive with the content she shares. That content for me, while she has the range to drag her mother, the president, other people in DC, she doesn't have the range there. So I just <laughs> want her to go work on it a little bit more. I think she has the potential, but it wasn't hitting for me yet. <laughs> Listen, I am musically challenged, and so I think anyone who could hit any note is a good singer. But what I will give her credit for is people know who she is. So to put herself out there to do that, that is that is bold. And she is nothing if not bold. She is so bold. Like what you're saying, she is like standing in her truth, her light, her path, whatever. And I love that she's out here trying to make it work. I support her fully. I don't think she's going to be winning. Like she's not Kelly Clarkson yet, but like she can get there. She's, she's, I, I look forward to seeing her future. Uh, Zach is the newest judge on American Idol. You had no idea, did you? Me and Katy Perry switch. She's going to come do this show. I'm going to go do that oh. show. Oh, okay. I've got to prepare myself. <laughs> Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. When we come back, we've got the Atlanta Dreams Renee Montgomery talking about George's runoff. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from SheFit. save ten dollars today at shefit.com slash 2022 hey this is paris hilton last year i revealed the story of my abuse at provo canyon school since then thousands of survivors have come forward Now I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves in the hallway sleeping and you're like where am i holy heck this is not what i expected listen to trapped in treatment on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the nfl is back and the nfl app has you covered so get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season. Now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com slash mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Welcome back. Georgia's two Senate seats are up for grabs, and they will determine the fate of the Senate. We are headed for a double runoff in January, but the momentum behind one of the candidates, Reverend Raphael Warnock, started with some help from the WNBA. To talk about how this all went down, we're joined by TMZ sports host, activist, and the Atlanta Dream's own Renee Montgomery. Hey, Renee. 
Well, hello there. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. So before we dive into the runoff specifically, you set out of the 2020 WNBA season to focus on social justice initiatives. How did you come to that decision and what initiatives did you focus on? Yeah, it was a it was a process. You know, I didn't just wake up and press send on the tweet that I was opting out. You know, I thought on it for at least a week and a half. You know, I started by talking to my parents and, and it all started when the protests were going on when George Floyd uh, was murdered on national television. I was just sitting with my thoughts and, you know, the pandemic had slowed everything down. So normally I'm always worried about hopping on a flight or going somewhere, calling a game, working out. And then I just had to be still with my thoughts. So it didn't sit right with me, you know, and, and so just from there, I started to talk to people and my mom was one of the people I talked to. And she just told me, you know, people are protesting because when they don't feel heard, they have to make it felt. And so then I just wanted to start to think about how I could make it felt. And that's kind of how I uh, got to the decision to opt out. Um, and as far as initiatives I've been focusing on, you know, I have one voting initiative, just trying to get the voter turnout and, it went well. You know, I don't know exactly, you know, you can never measure that kind of stuff. So I don't know exactly what we did, but I felt good about it. Um, and then I have an HBCU initiative where just trying to pick up the community there because HBCUs are historically black colleges and universities and they're already underfunded as is. And so during this pandemic, when you see big time schools struggling, you should definitely be thinking about HBCUs. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been focusing on when I opted out. All right. So Senator Kelly Loeffler is a co-owner of your team, the Atlanta Dream, and she wrote to Commissioner Kathy Engelbert objecting to the league's support of the Black Lives Matter movement. When you saw those comments from Kelly, what was your reaction? My reaction was like, I didn't I didn't understand, you know, and I wanted to, to figure out what is going on. Like, why did you feel the need to write it? So that's kind of how I got to the point where I just wrote a letter of my own um, on on Medium, just asking generalized questions like, you know, women, in my mind, I always think women, we already got a lot going against us. So as women, we should probably stick together is what I always think. Like when I see a woman doing well or a, a CEO, that's a woman. I always get hype. I'm always excited. And so to me, when I see women tearing down another women's league or tearing down other women, I don't get it. We know that after she made those comments, whole teams wore Vote Warnock t-shirts to games. How did those talks get started and why did WNBA players pick Reverend Warnock as opposed to some of the other candidates? You know, they actually vetted him. You know, a lot of people think that the WNBA players was just like, hey, let's print Vote Warnock on the shirts and wear them. No, it didn't go like that. It wasn't that basic. They actually had a social justice council with people like a Stacey Abrams in it where they helped them. They, they helped them vet the candidates. They helped them figure out, you know, well, what's important to WNBA players and does this candidate fit that? There was a process before they wore the vote Warnock shirts. I, I just want to make sure people understand that because it wasn't just, hey, we're mad and we're going to wear these shirts. No, the WNBA players spent lots of hours in season trying to figure that out. And, and that's when they came to the decision that they wanted to support Warnock. And, and I just want to make, make sure people understood that it wasn't just a vindictive thing. This was actually like a thought out process. Mm. That's really important to know because, you know, this was a really, really big moment. You know, the Vote Warnock initiative from all the players made over $200,000 within two days of the teams wearing T-shirts. And he ended up leading the polls as we head into the January's runoff. So even though when he started, he was polling in single digits. So what has it meant to you and your teammates that Reverend Warnock has made it to January's runoff? 
You know, it's that it's that bet on women mentality. And that's one of the slogans for our WMBPA. But a lot of people always underestimate women, underestimate women's power. And we're in the WNBA and we hear it every day how not big the WNBA is. And we hear all the time from the trolls how unimportant we're supposed to be. And we never care. And then when things like this happen and, and we step up and we make our voices heard, it's so exciting to see that there is a ripple effect, that there is there is some power behind it. Most players would be headed overseas to play internationally until the WNBA season starts again in the summer. How are you and other players organizing for January and beyond? Yeah, I, uh, most of the players are overseas right now already. Mm. You know, as WNBA players, we usually get about two weeks after your last game, and then you <laughs> wow. have to report to your next team. Yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the grind. So, most of the players that I know, they're overseas right now. They're in Turkey, they're in Spain, Russia, they're all over. Um, so, planning for them is more difficult. They're on a you know nine hour time differences. They're trying to stay connected, but I've done it for ten years. I played overseas for ten years before I stopped going over, and it's hard. It's hard to just keep up with everything going on on everyday life when you're on a nine hour difference. So um, the players, I've already talked to a couple players about, you know, joining in on some things that I'm kind of tentatively planning now. But I think it's more of the same. Just letting people know how important this is. You know, when I was doing different things with Remember the Third, the main thing we wanted to get through was take your passion to the polls. Like whatever passion you have, whatever is wrong, whatever you're mad about, whatever you're happy about, take it to the polls. And it's kind of going to be the same thing. Like, yes, we have to do it again. I know everybody's tired of it. We're all tired of the whole counting votes. We're tired of the recounts. We're tired of it all. But we got to do it. We have to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, January 5th is right around the corner. What are those things that you're planning right now? You know, I haven't solidified them yet. And so one of the things I want to do is kind of a PSA style just to get people to understand, because as I was talking to some people, um, I realized that a lot of people don't understand just the process. You do have to go back and vote. You know, some people are like, oh, yeah, I already voted for the Senate, so I'm good. No, you're not. You got to go back. The reason that the whole world is looking at us, Georgia, right now is because the Senate can control a lot and there's two seats up, you know, and I want people to understand that concept because a lot of people just aren't into politics, just to be honest. So now they need to understand what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, Renee, thank you so much for joining us and for everything you're doing. Thank you guys for having me. All right. We have time for one more thing. We know we've talked a lot about everyone's newfound affection for MSNBC's map magician, Steve Kornacki. Uh, And as it turns out, that affection has translated into something truly wild. An election update of another kind. The election week outfit of Steve Kornacki drew a lot of attention online, specifically, yep, those khaki pants. After New York Magazine identified the brand as The Gap, the retailer reported a dramatic increase in web traffic. The Gap tells NBC News that within a day, they saw around a 90% unit sale increase online. Steve Kornacki, not just a chart throb, he is now a fashion icon. You're watching MSNBC. Yes, you're hearing that right. Kornacki's pants are so popular that Gap is attributing the sales explosion to him. Gap, give the man a cut or a sponsorship or something. He deserves it. I mean, pause one second. Did that clip say map throb? Was that the word that was used? Chart throb. Chart throb. Oh, that's (laughs) worse. Oh my God, all of this. Do you know what? I don't know if I saw this on Twitter or if I said it in my head, but I almost called him Corsnacky. Corsnacky? (laughs) 
Wow. Auntie that is incredible. Core <laughs> snacky. You know, dear friends of ours at work, David Mack is famously not in a relationship, but in a relationship with him on Twitter. Saeed Jones, who used to be, you know, here at BuzzFeed and is still a close friend of mine constantly tweets about his thirst for Steve Kornacki. I still don't get it. Like, I love him as, like, no. a person that does the news no. and, like, data scientists, all that. But I'm not thirsting. And I also don't want to buy khakis because of Steve okay, Kornacki. So, so, so here's the thing. I am thirsting for him. I do love him. I appreciate him. I love everything about him. But here's what I'll say. I don't know if anyone got the chance to actually watch the clip of when Jimmy Fallon surprises Steve Kornacki in his office. But it, there it's revealed that Kornacki's like tie is literally held together with staples. Like that is who people are looking to for clothing advice. And that's where I draw the line. <laughs> 100%. And you know, someone is going to do a tie drop next season that is staples in their tie. Like watch it be Balenciaga or something. And I'm going to be annoyed because I, li- I like I live for him. I want him to have this moment if he currently doesn't have a man because David Mack is not his man. I hope he finds one, whatever he wants. But like, y'all, this the bar is low. It's very low. (laughs) I know. I think this is just COVID exhaustion. We all like a lot of you haven't been around a man or a person for a bit. So you no, don't do this. Don't do this to my (laughs) Kornacki. But like, there is a world in which like Normcore is kind of is very in right now. So the khakis should do well. And Gap does see a week over week growth. That coin, Listen, I'm fine us, as so. long as they aren't khaki cargo pants. Oh my god, let's that's for a different day. Cargo pants, me, <laughs> my brain. Just can't. Okay, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we're talking about the Animaniacs reboot with iconic voice actor Rob Paulson. And remember, hopefully we are your chart throbs and we're snacky. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Conquer your New Year's resolutions with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, you'll learn how to make the most of your time with practical tools to help you feel less busy and get more done. Listen to Before Breakfast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I play Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do. And I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just like wonderful. I like have like warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, and I'm doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. <gasps> 
Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.